Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. People, we are not at Samsung. We are actually in a room for facials. I'm like comfortably sitting on a facial bed. We were going to try and do a facial while we did this, but then logistically it didn't make sense. But I'm here with the one and only Nicola from Pacific Touch NYC. Welcome. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to have you. I am honored. So this is her first podcast. We're going to make it very casual, fun, comfortable. going to be easy with me. I'm going to be so easy with you. Um, for those of you who have not seen her I mean, I feel like you're now like blowing up on everyone's Instagram because you're fixing so many people's faces in such a (laughs) wonderful way. And I came here because I am fortunate to have never really had bad skin. But as you know, I've been having these like weird outbreaks on my chin. I think some of them are cystic, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Inflamed for sure. And I think it's because I'm getting my period again and I'm starting to realize that they're now coming up like as I get my period. Mm -hmm. Um. But anyway, I've never been like a facials person. And then I got under your hands and I'm never going back. You're a convert. Oh my God, total (laughs) convert. So you know, obviously I'll be back. Also, you're like the sweetest woman ever and you text me all the time and answer all my questions and send me like very detailed instructions of products. We're as neurotic as each other. Yeah, yes, we are. And I need someone like that because I have no idea what to do with specific products. And so I need the person telling me exactly what to do. And I need to see pictures of Charlie. I know. I have many. So the the funniest part was that when I came, I was telling her that like my chin was like breaking out and it was so weird. I couldn't figure out what caused it. And then she went on my Instagram and sent me a photo and it was like me cuddling with Charlie. And he's like, I hate to break the news, but do you notice exactly where his face is on your face? It's that spot that you just told me is outbreaking. And my response was like, Okay, well, if he's the reason, I'm not stopping. I'll live breaking out forever. Yeah, like, <laughs> do not care. Sorry. I warn my clients that I stalk them on Instagram all the time no, to it's find clues smart. to why I'm a skin detective. Yeah, so find the, out all the different reasons. I get my legs lasered, and they are like really anal about not being in the sun, mm-hmm. which I totally understand. And I really try, but like it's also impossible for a year for my legs not to be in the sun. Yeah, and they're like, well, you know, we look at your Instagram. I'm like, fuck me, because I'm posting photos like in Florida <laughs> at the beach. I do more than look. I'll actually like leave yeah. a comment like if someone <laughs> is in Mexico and beautiful photo, I'll write on the bottom, you better have SPF on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> a little scary. That's yeah, okay. Um, all right. So to kick things off, how would you define success? Well, if you had asked me 20 years ago, my mm-hmm. answer would be very different. I was actually, it's funny, I was thinking about it this morning because of like all the hoopla controversy about J-Lo and the oh, halftime yeah. success we can talk about and, that. and just like what society perceives as, you know, what success is. And I was thinking it sounds really, really cheesy, um, but success to me is being truly happy in life. Mm-hmm. And the definition of that really has nothing to do with like job necessarily or qualification it's it's real it's a feeling so that's that's my definition being happy I love that and are you happy right now in your life supremely happy amazing yeah what's what do you think is bringing the most happiness my daughter I was just gonna say yeah no your daughter (laughs) (laughs) it's an easy answer yeah yeah, no I was again it was I was just sort of I've 
think about these things all the time now that I have like a young girl and again with she? her she's four okay you know but I was reading about uh, like different points of view about what you know was happening at, at opinions about mm-hmm. the halftime show yep. and just like you know young girls and role models and you know looking up to different people and I just it suddenly struck me like all I want in my daughter's life is for her to be happy and if that means that she's shaking her hips or doing the holder mm-hmm. or you know an astrophysicist um, I'm going to be right there with her yeah but um, yeah it's yeah just, whatever it is whatever it is whatever you floats can't. her boat I'll be there yes. like peddling that canoe <laughs> well you're the best mother because that's how the best moms are that's how my mom is she's like you know what no matter what you're doing if you're loving it i'm here for it yeah my mom too yeah she's like you know if you kill it's someone really i'll help you bury the body <laughs> i know sorry mama giving away our secrets. <laughs> and with the j-lo thing also someone <clears throat> gave this like meme in the rumble class i did this morning they were joking that like all the people now are saying like, oh my god that was too sexual whatever and the kids us from the 90s are like uh when i was growing up in the super bowl i saw janet jackson's nipple so like Mm -hmm. i think we'll be fine yeah and it's just one of those you can't fucking win like there's just always going to be some outrage and outrage over anything unfortunately our world is like pretty divided and Mm -hmm. in extreme extreme ways and i think this is just an example of how opinionated people feel they need to be totally for no reason and maybe, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit biased because I'm Polynesian and we hula. So we oh, shake yeah. our hips and Get we were doing it a long time before, you know, anybody colonized us and mm-hmm. brought capitalism and, you know, so all the comments about, you know, sex cells and all of that sort of thing. It's like there are a lot of cultures that were dancing like that way before money totally. came into the picture. So Absolutely. I look at it as a celebration of culture. Yeah. You know, shake it. Can Shake it. <laughs> shake what your mom gave you. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you give us a little background now that we're talking about it on like your culture and where you came from and how you got into, well, we'll get into that later, but more like your background. Okay. So I was born in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is ethnicity wise. My mom is Irish, Scottish. Um, but family, like all from New Zealand. And then my father is Samoan. Mm-hmm. They say Samoan over here. So yeah, sometimes people the, don't un- mm-hmm. understand my accent. So I love your accent so much. Thank you. So Sometimes much. it gets me into trouble if people don't understand. No, that. I love it. Yeah. So I am part Samoan, part um, Irish-Scottish. Grew up in New Zealand the whole of my life. Uh, didn't live anywhere else until... I got here. I arrived mm-hmm. here in '99, so I've been living in New York for a while—20 years. Wow! Yeah, yeah. And what brought you originally over to the states? So, I mean, I grew up in an era before social media. Shock mm-hmm. horror! If people can and amazing. anyone listening even <laughs> can imagine that life. Actually, I grew up in an era before cell phones, so it was like that is what blows my mind. Crazy wild west. Because, like, how I ask this to my parents <clears throat> all the time. I'm like, if you were late for something. Or like meeting someone somewhere. Yeah. How did that even work? No, my mother, do you know that the thing that she says to me all the time when I talk about like those safety issues, like we seriously used to just leave the house. Like we also grew up in it. Like if you grew up in the 70s, you grew up in a time where your parents was like, get out of my sight. Like go and play, do your thing. So I, I remember as a really young kid waking up early in the morning, you never thought to wake your parents up. They would just sleep. You would like grab some cereal and bolt out the door and just go and play in the neighborhood and you knew that you needed to come home 
when the lights, the street lights came on. Your parents never worried it's crazy for hours me. where you were. And, and they had no way to contact no, you if there no, was something wrong. No. And my dad, my dad was a cop. So he okay. also knew all the craziness that's yeah. going on. So that, that didn't care. So anyway, the thing that my mum always says, which blows, makes me laugh and blows my mind is, gee, darling, I can't believe you survived it, to be honest. Like, that's <laughs> no, childhood. I really can't I believe can't all these believe people did you either. Survived. Like, it's that's really the, crazy to me. That's the bar. You know, it's like if I don't survival. call my mom back in like an hour, she's like, "Where are you? Why aren't you answering my call? What are you doing?" Like one morning, I was off. I just decided I was very anxious, and I just decided to not be on Freckled Foodie that day. So I didn't post anything, like no stories, no post. And I guess she had called me, and I hadn't answered. And it was, I kid you not, like nine thirty, not even late in the day. And she's like, "What's going on? I haven't seen anything on Freckled <laughs> Foodie, and you haven't called me. Are you okay? Where are you?" Because I call her every morning. I know that's what yeah. I mean. It's, it's like it's. A completely different life. But yeah. anyway, so the main re I mean, growing up in New Zealand, it was pre-social media, mm-hmm. majorly isolating. Like, I'm going to actually be really embarrassed when I tell the story, but I'm going to tell the story no, anyway because it. it's really funny. So our cult, like, point of reference for life was, like, wanting to get out and travel, but we didn't really know, like, you know how now you can actually see how people live? Like, mm-hmm. you go on social totally. media, you know yeah. what someone in New York has for breakfast because everyone's, like, posting everything all the time. Of course. Like, in my era, it was friends. Mm-hmm. And my best friend and I basically, like, I wanted to come to America, to come to New York, to base, to come and, like, waitress in a cafe like Rachel Wait. and live in their apartment. Okay, I did not know you were such a Friends fanatic because now we're really soul sisters. Oh, totally. I have watched all 10, I think, season. I think there were 10. Mm-hmm. I got, like, the... So I was watching it live growing up. It was like our family show. I shit you not, like the last episode, I was crying as if my mom had died. Yeah. Like yeah. I vividly remember laying on the floor of our living room throwing a fit and my mom being like, it's oh. going to be okay. But we're, I say this because we're not religious people and I don't mean to say that it's equivalent to a Bible, but like friends is our Bible. Yeah. Like we yeah. quote it. My family, like if someone says pivot, I'm like freaking out, <laughs> yelling pivot at yeah, them. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's constantly quoted in our household. I've watched all 10 seasons, like probably five times over. It is my everything. So that makes me love you even more. I still, you know, when things pop up in your explore on the, yeah. I'll, I'll like watch it without the sound while I'm oh, on the train yes. because I know what's being you said know what and it'll saying. like exactly. totally crack me up. Yeah. So the childhood, best. it was that. And then, um, so we seriously thought that we were going to be able to come over from New Zealand. Um, I can't even remember. I feel Mic like. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. It's okay. Hold it like <laughs> Here, hold on. Um, I feel like we had $1,000 between us. We pit stopped in Bahamas on the way. Oh, my God. And partied. We were supposed to stay there for three days, stayed for a month, and partied a lot of our money away and basically like arrived in New York City and thought that we could set up an apartment. I think (laughs) at that point we had like $500. Our times have changed. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and live the life. Mm -hmm. So um, what ended up happening is we hightailed it to San Francisco for six months, lived with another Kiwi girl and I was in What do you mean by Kiwi girl? Oh, sorry, that's what we call New Zealanders. I love that. I want to be a Kiwi girl. So Kiwi is our national bird. It's Don't laugh. Okay. I know you're going to laugh now because you're looking (laughs) at me, but it's our national bird. It's fat. 
Yes. Furry and doesn't fly, but super cute. Wait, it doesn't fly. How does it move? It just walks around? It just walks around, Okay, yeah. That's so great. Like me. No, it's not. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm fussy. I, I was referring to, I thought you guys were like, I thought you were calling them Kiwi, kiwi Girls. Fruit? Yeah. No. And no. I love Kiwi. Well, those are brown and fuzzy too, but no. That's true. No, cutest bird. I'll show you okay. afterwards. Like, you'll fall in love, but don't tell Charlie. Okay. I yeah. won't. <laughs> so you went to live with another Kiwi Girl. <laughs> another Kiwi Girl um, made some money and then came back to New York just in time for 2000. Like, and we got back here. What were you like? Were you doing? Like esthetician work? Is that how you were making money? So no. how did you get into this business? So in New Zealand, this is like wild pivot. Like, yeah. So party pivot. 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 Yeah. So uh, in New Zealand, I was a – I used to investigate child abuse. I was a care and protection social worker for the wow. government. So it was like very dark, stressful job. I'm sure. Um, total culture shock when I got here. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think actually when I first arrived, I didn't think I was going to be living here. It was like just a vacation. Um, that ended up being 20 years later. Yeah. Um, but when I knew that I was going to be living here, I just felt like too – I didn't know enough about American society to feel like I could work in that profession. Yeah. Plus I came from – I mean, New Zealand, when I was growing up, the police didn't carry guns and the job was still super dangerous. Mm-hmm. So to live in a country – where people do have guns Very dangerous and weapons, job. yeah. There's, I just wasn't remotely interested. But I, I mean, I had acne for 15 years, so it's always been a passion of mine. And my mm-hmm. mother's actually an esthetician. Okay, D- different from me, but yeah. um, I grew up in the beauty industry with like lip gloss and yeah. my hand, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so you were interested in the product. I was interested in it, and so I. You know, your dream as an adult is to work in something that you love or mm-hmm. that you feel that you're, you know, getting um, con- contributing to society. So it was sort of like not social work, but ended up being social work. Sort yeah, of. It is. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it at the time. It's just a different form. Yep. And the purpose so. of serving others. Yeah. And yeah. assisting them. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned <clears throat> you had acne. Yes. I'm so amazed because your skin is flawless. Flawless. For the bright red cheeks. No. Help. Well, you're nervous. It's okay. You're doing such an amazing job. But your skin is flawless. So can you tell us how the hell you fix that? So, well, so the first thing, 15 years of full-on acne, um, and I went to school, and, and my last bout was while I was still living here, actually, in my early 30s. And um, I was always, I spent my acne career, my own career, fighting my skin, like attacking it, um, everything under the sun, tried it, Accutane, uh, Retin-A, going on birth control, Mm -hmm. the whole gamut, you know, different things were called different things at that time, but, you know, all the stuff that's still being used today. And it just kept, I call it cockroach acne because some things would clear it up, but then it would just come back. Uh, and then Interesting just, analogy. Yeah, yeah, like a cockroach. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, no, I mean, sense. I was on, I got put on Accutane at least three or four times growing up. Wow. They, they don't sue in New Zealand, so we're a little bit more cowboyish about what we prescribe. And got it's it. also like I'm 47, so what, you know, was done back in the day now, like I know they're more careful about yeah. Accutane mm-hmm. because of the side effects. Um, my mother actually... I fell into holistic, the holistic point of view, but it's a happy accident. My mother fell in love with a line that was put together by a naturopath Mm -hmm. and she 
invited me to the training when I was home in New Zealand and I went and it was just an absolute, like, it was the introduction to skin not being the problem but being a symptom. Got it. And looking at the relationship between skin and your health and your skin being mm-hmm. a mirror and just turning everything on its head. And that's really how, as cliched as this is going to sound, I swear, my skin changed when I stopped fighting it and started nurturing it. Yeah, that's that makes when sense. everything, like mindset first and then everything else I even feel that way about my digestive system because that's where like I definitely had my most struggles Mm -hmm. and it was honestly like part of my digestive issues were just severe bloat and constipation and just Mm -hmm. this constant feeling of feeling like I had to go to the bathroom not being able to and it honestly was like I hated when people would tell me it's partially mental because when you're in it, it's so hard to understand that but I honestly couldn't let shit go literally Literally and figuratively. Exactly. And it's so interesting now. I think I'm on the other side, like, you know, I've turned the leaf over and I feel so different, like life, lifetime different than what I did before. And it was almost the act of, I I weirdly thanked my stomach every morning. I know this sounds mm-hmm. so crazy, but every day I would look at myself in the mirror, like after showers, I'd be naked and I'd look at my stomach and I'm like, thank you stomach for everything you do. Yeah. My favorite thing is eating and you allow me to eat. Mm-hmm. And right now we're not the best of friends, but we'll get there one day. Yeah. And thank you. And as soon as I started loving that part of me, instead of obsessing and mm-hmm. hating because there was so much anger towards it. Yeah. Of course it's not going to work. Yeah. Like it's part of your own body. So it knows what your brain is thinking. I, it sounds crazy, but I really no, think it's it not makes crazy. Difference. Yeah. Oh, skin I love mantras. that. I know. Oh Same wait, this thing. is different. I love my skin. It will heal. I deserve this. I am grateful for the messages my skin is sending me. That's on your board, but there was a different one so, that you had that I loved. I took a photo of it. I get messages from followers that I have on Instagram who have never met me, have never come in for a treatment, have not changed anything except doing skin mantras that I put out or the mental work. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I've had at least half a dozen people contact me lately saying that their skin's gotten better. Just from the mindset shift. Yeah. Because also a lot of these things are anxiety and stress driven. Of course. And so when you're shifting your mindset, that's affecting it. So there is a clear reason of why this is working. Um, And then on a more woo-woo level. Yeah. And I completely – I love woo-woo. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I love – a, a, Most of a it. layer of yeah, 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 me too. Um, but the one of the biggest things that I I definitely believe in is manifestation. What you totally. put out there, it comes back. So if you are, even if you're sort of identifying with your acne and calling it yours mm-hmm. and just you know thinking about it twenty four seven and it's the first thing you think about when you look in the mirror, it's like you're sending that message out to the universe that that is who you are. Yes. It's your acne and it's like it's not. And I used know? to feel that way when I was eating something like this is gonna fuck uh-huh. me up. This is gonna mm-hmm. hurt my stomach. Well, of course it is then. Yeah. Because you're also obsessed over it. Yep. I'm lately, I'm big on manifestations. Every morning I write down like three things I'm grateful for and three things I'm manifesting. And my new manifestation right now is abundance because Mm -hmm. I think I get very obsessed over there's only so much that can go around, Mm -hmm. whether that's financially or in my line of business, like specific brand deals. And the more I focus on other people getting things in a negative way and feeling like there are limits, of course there are going to be limits. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing this new thing where I'm like, oh, there's enough for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, let's all just hop on this party train and have fun. 
It is so powerful. It, it really is. And so I'm curious, you dealt with your own acne journey mm-hmm. and now you've started this practice. I would think that a lot of people listening at some point or are currently struggling with their skin. So what are you seeing majority of right now in your clients and how are you helping them? So probably the one of the biggest groups that I have coming um, through Pacific Touch are my sort of mid-20, mid to late 20, early 30, uh, 30s group women that have been on, like as 10, been put on, birth control pill as teenagers or different, been on different. It's okay. You got it. Been on different (laughs) topicals and things like that. And they're at an age now where um, things just aren't working the same. Like life is more complex. You know, a lot of those, the skincare routines when you're a teenager about oil control and things like that. And, you know, as you get older, life gets more complex, relationships you know, like there's more stress in your mm-hmm. job and routine. That's me and my demographic, exactly who you're talking about. Excellent. <laughs> so we're talking to the right people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, things are either not working like they like they were back in the day or they're getting horrendous side effects like extremely reactive skin, dry and flaky, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or the opposite, um, people are wanting to go off. Like, you know, you can find yourself if you're put on birth control for acne at 15, you know, by the time you're 25, it's a decade on birth control. A lot of people are not, you know, feeling that and yeah, wanting to. I did 12 or so years. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it starts to get crazy, you know, and people um, will go off, you know, whatever has been suppressing um, the symptom, which acne is, and their skin goes haywire. So I have a lot of people that are coming through um, in that demographic. And then probably in about the last five years, um, I have a new group of people. Well, I've I now realize that they're a group mm-hmm. that's sort of underserved in um, a lot of skincare companies and things like that. And that's your like very healthy, active individual who eats really, um, you know, abundantly and mm-hmm. lots of like no, no issues in, in that area, um, but just works out a lot and skin is under a lot of pressure from just the heavy sweating and, um, you know, being in sort of sweaty gyms and yeah. using towels on their faces and yeah, things. Yeah, I was so. just going to say that was the number one – well, not number one, but you were like, Cameron, yeah. do not put those towels on your face. Yeah. Which yeah. I do all the time. But now I bought – I'll link it in the episode show notes. I bought a pack of like these baby bamboo or cotton like towels – from Amazon, a pack of 10. They're small and I just bring that to every workout with me one at a time and then I just throw them in the laundry after. Yeah. I mean, it's really important because I find, I mean, sometimes it can be quite sad because, you know, people will be breaking out and immediately jumping into blaming themselves and what is it that I'm eating? I mm-hmm. need to have an, I need to do an elimination diet. I need to be using this harsh topical because my skin keeps breaking out. It's like, no, it's the towels that you're using on your face from the gym. Yeah, they're harsh. Being, you know, washed in a harsh detergent and they're stripping mm-hmm. a barrier and it's just something, a really easy fix like that. And they'll notice, you know, like skin clears up. And so it's what, I mean, it's wonderful to sort of work with people and I don't feel like in a way it's almost like every individual that walks in the door 
is their own story. And so it's my job to play detective and work out what it is for them and their unique situation. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think another thing for me is like, you know, in this world, we're so busy. It's rushing at the class and just Mm -hmm. heading on. And you were like, your face needs to be at least washed with water directly after a class. Yeah. Just to get the sweat, the sweat like off your face. Yeah. And then also, I know this is like specific to my case, but I know we talked about how I, I guess, have more sensitive skin than I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the products I'm using, while they're non-toxic, might have a lot of like coconut oil or Mm -hmm. jojoba oil. Was that another one? Jojoba, yeah. Jojoba oil um, that are actually clogging my pores. Mm -hmm. So if someone's listening, first of all, they should come to see you if they're New York local. Like no questions asked. Yeah. And if they're not, I do virtual consultations. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to ask. So they can contact me, just DM me and I can give them details. Oh my God, look at you. You're such a sweetheart. Um, but are there other things that they should be focusing on with their skin and trying to, I know it's so personalized, so you can't give like general advice. I think that if, if you're having issues with your skin, if your skin's not making you feel happy when you look in the mirror, mm-hmm. the first thing before you delve into um, self-blame or, or, you know, look at sort of heavy areas, do, do a little bit of housekeeping and check your products first and make sure, because one, one of the things that I will say, um, my industry is the Wild West as totally. far as like anyone can be a formulator, anybody can put lotions and potions into bottles and slap a label and sell. Yep. So you have to be careful about what you're buying. And if you have sensitive skin or you're acne prone, you have to be more careful than the average mm-hmm. person. And what's the one brand really quickly that you love? Uh, for for acne, I only use Rococo Botanicals. Rococo Botanicals. That'll the also reason, be in the show notes. Yeah, and and I mean that's a that's a natural line, but the woman that formulates is a chemist, so it's not natural like coconut oil with five drops of lavender essential mm-hmm. oil. It's like high performance botanicals that have been carefully formulated by a woman who specialises in hypersensitive skin disorders. So. It's, it's the only thing that I feel confident using. Yeah. And, and I've learned so much actually since I joined our family about, you know, from a chemist about like formulations and how things can impact on skin. Mm-hmm. And I think there is, I mean, one of the things that, I mean, I am drawn to natural, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think that there is a false sense of security with yeah. uh, the quote unquote clean beauty movement. Like people think that clean equates to acne safe and it doesn't i agree and also not all clean is actually clean clean exactly yeah anyone can say clean mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so um, green washing you know on. look making sure that you shop for your condition and pay attention to what your skin is saying to you like mm-hmm. if your skin is you know red raw dry and flaky and you're breaking out you're really dehydrated and sensitive and you're yeah. having breakouts so don't reach for something that's going to pull more moisture out of your skin. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, A, seek professional yes. help. If you're really struggling, that's what I'll say, number one. Like, I do, there's a part of me, like, I love, like, circling back to what we were saying about how I grew up. I miss, in a way, pre-social media because I don't think the overwhelm was as bad as it is now. I agree. Like, people are bombarded with... Uh, so many different products, 
Mm-hmm. So many different testimonials. And, and opinions by non-professionals and yeah, advice by non-professionals. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and doctored photos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I broke my heart the other day. I had a young girl who was in who, I kid you not, got told by a salesperson in Sephora that she needed to use this for her large pores. She hadn't walked in and asked about she didn't think she had a poor poor size mm-hmm. problem, but the woman felt comfortable actually saying that to her. Now this girl has normal size pores, yeah. But because we're looking at photos every day, edited, filtered photos, mm-hmm. even though intellectually you know they're filtered, emotionally people it's still are reframing something. what mm-hmm. is normal, and yeah. so people are like looking at their faces in the mirror at beautiful normal vibrant skin Mm -hmm. wanting something different that's not even real i know you know so i do i mean that's seek professional help if you're having problems to cut through the overwhelm because the damage that gets done um by sort of using the wrong products can keep you in the vicious cycle totally you know and you can start think you know and, and people just peel away at themselves and just, I, I mean, I, I have people that by the time they get to me, they're restricting everything under the sun. They don't like to go out. They can't go anywhere without makeup. You know, tears behind their eyes, mm-hmm. just absolute fragile, no self It's terrible. Yeah, skin is also just something that I feel <clears throat> people are, no matter what, very not shameful, but you're embarrassed. Like, you know, if you have a pimple on your face, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to go out. I have yeah. to- There's just this yeah. weird correlation with it in an egotistical way. And so I think by putting all of these, you know, everyone on the media has clear skin. Mm-hmm. Not that mm-hmm. they actually have it, but it's, exactly. it's made to look like it is. Exactly. So there is this weird shame then implemented around not having perfect skin. Yep. And it's so heartbreaking how many people lose self-confidence over it oh beyond I mean it's it's become I mean as my business sort of morphed into what it was supposed to be Mm -hmm. which is working with people that do have skin issues most of the work that I do now is I mean the treatment is a small part of what ends up happening Mm -hmm. for people Totally. You know, and it's hugely yeah. in your mind. Because the thing is, too, is even if you do need to make changes, if your mind is not in, if you're not in a good headspace, you're not in a good headspace to make the positive changes that mm-hmm. you need to make. I agree. If you don't believe, if you've given up on your skin, i.e., yourself, mm-hmm. you you won't you you don't have the energy to change. Yeah, and you're not only providing people with sure like the service of a facial, but you're giving these people confidence. Yeah, and a whole new mindset. So I, rock on. I I can sense sometimes when I when certain people like that person I described about just mm-hmm. you could tears behind the eyes, fragile, can't go out. Yeah. I mean, I have people that come to me that only book facials at night because they don't want to be seen in public without makeup on. Like it makes you, it's I've heartbreaking. cried. Mm-hmm. I've there's been tears in this room for sure. Yeah, just, you know, with different people, and I know the people that need to be like hugged and held, mm-hmm. and I know when I need to, I've got to be able to. Yeah, give people that, that confidence facial. to yeah. be able to move forward, for sure. What do you think your favorite characteristic about yourself is? 
I think my favorite characteristic or the thing that I'm most proud of is um, empathy. Mm-hmm. I had it as a child. I remember having it as a child and obviously driven into social work and, and all of that sort of Definitely. thing. Definitely. And just the style of how I work at Pacific Touch, I think it. my business took off when I let that go and oh, flow. Oh, well, you're so – like you walk in here and it's not just a typical facial. I mean, we've met officially only once before this, if you think about it, <laughs> and I feel so close to you. Like I feel like I would tell you anything and I know everything about you. So you definitely provide a comfort and an open-armed – welcoming environment you know what's really funny um when I first started my business this really experienced successful esthetician told me that I wasn't professional enough and that I needed to wear a white coat and that I no. should put my clients in not, not in you know the lava love the Polynesian wraps I yeah, use yeah. shouldn't use that I should use robes and and I didn't I, I didn't follow her advice but you know, in that moment, I did question whether or of not course. I was like yeah. doing the right thing. And now I look at my business and it's like, it's all those things that people love. Like I, I mean, I've had a woman who, mm-hmm. when she was having her first baby, she actually asked me if she could um, take a lava lava to the birth because oh. it's, she feels most comfortable when she's in that. I love you know? that. So it's like all of those little, yes. so I'm proud of that. And you all should of be. that is... It links back to just like I always joke with people, and if anyone that comes to comes to Pacific Touch is listening, they totally know this is true. When they get clear, I am so invested in their skin that I actually feel like I get more excited than them. <laughs> like by in the by the end of it, I they're like sick totally of me see that because I'm just like not being sick of you, but I can no, see you them, getting that. You know, excited. like I feel like I'm their mum. Yeah, cheerleader, and then I look into their eyes. I'm like, oh my god, I'm more excited than they are. (laughs) But it's amazing. And I apologize just for anyone listening. If you're driving, that's not a cop car pulling you over. That's our background noise. (laughs) I've had someone DM me once, being like, oh my god, I thought I was getting pulled over. Yeah, but we're in the heart of Chelsea, so it's never ending. You know what I find funny? I feel like this has been, you know, when you have those moments where you realize, oh my god, I think I'm a New Yorker. When mm-hmm. I first ever got here, that noise used oh, I don't to be even such notice an it. assault on my ears. I actually find it soothing. Like mm-hmm. when I come back from New Zealand, like when I get home, I love it for like all, you know, it's beautiful yeah, and sure. quiet and all of that. But when I arrive back in New York, when I start hearing like the beeps and the horn, I, it makes me feel like, ah. Oh, Sometimes it does. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh my God, for me, stop. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let it fully pass. But I'm used to it now. I only notice it when I'm doing this uh-huh. because I'm like, well, this is probably annoying for somebody here in the background. You're doing amazing. Yeah, we're almost done. I just have one more question. I'm like this. <laughs> I wish we could take a photo of it. Look we'll at take, my hand. We'll take, it's a, probably we'll take a video after. <laughs> Okay, ready? <laughs> so I know you're a foodie because we've talked about this, well, when I was in here and texted, oh, yes. and I know your daughter <clears throat> is now a lover of food. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but what would be the three ways to your heart through food? So it could be a very specific meal. It could be an emotion around food. It could be a general like genre. People take this answer however they want. Okay. So three things, only three things I'm going to say. Yes. Okay. So my, well, my partner, Mm -hmm. um, best friends, soulmate, father of my, my daughter is a chef. So my, oh, absolutely. So lucky. So my favorite, favorite food is his, um, gratin that he does. I dream about it. What is that? It's like a a potato gratin. But he's like super, the way he cuts it, like he cuts it more perfectly than a mandolin. Like he Mm -hmm. doesn't use a mandolin. He likes, and he rubs this garlic on the bottom and layers all these different cheeses and cooks the cream and it, it, it's it's this whole process yeah but i absolutely love it so love. that's that's like my last meal you know how you get yeah, asked about course. last meal um but i always remember i think we went to i'm totally going to butcher this because i think it's a french name but corton corton blue or something um or no it's c-o-r-t-o-n fancy schmancy okay. restaurant mm-hmm. anyway um on the menu, it said, after love, there is only cuisine. Mm-hmm. And I've remembered that because I just feel like if anything defines my family, it's that. Same. Like, we live and breathe food. The way that we execute um, going to a restaurant, it's a mission. Oh, same. Like, there's so much research. I we recently don't- talked to someone <laughs> who doesn't look at a menu before they go to a restaurant. And I'm like... What is that what? like? What is that like? I don't like? even. I mean, we we have a rule. We don't go to the same restaurant twice. So we ever no because Shut there's the too door seriously because there's too many restaurants in New York before we die to conquer. So and all my my partner's <sighs> from Israel, so he okay. like it's like a Mossad operation. Yeah, like we research the place, we decide on all our dishes because we go in there. Like we're going to order whatever we want because we're not going back. So we're two people. Wow. This is pre-child. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and this is also her Harvard ed- education going down the drain. The money. <laughs> um, so we would order like three or four appetizers, three entrees. I mean, waiters used to look at us like we'd lost our minds. <laughs> Cocktails gone, you know, crazy, just everything. Um, and we don't go back to the same place. But I after ordering, okay, after ordering everything though, my boyfriend, the thing that he loves to say, and he actually means it, and I can't, I can hardly like stop laughing when he says that. Like we've ordered like basically the whole menu, and then he'll look at the waiter and go, "Is there anything that we haven't ordered that we need to order?" <laughs> I'm sure these, I'm sure they're, they're thinking, "Oh my god, these people these are going to do a people. runner." There's no way that they, yeah, yeah. So that's that's number wow. two is just I'm um, blown away by that the way that it is, and then number three I think um, my and it's sort of connected to after love there is only cuisine. My mm-hmm. daughter um, is autistic and mm-hmm. she's not verbal, and I my partner and I like my boyfriend um, we use food to talk. To of course, her. it's a universal and language. She you know like I started that um, I have a page that's dedicated to to her called apples and autism I love it. on instagram and you know he will he teaches her things in the kitchen and they go to chinatown and little india and um you know they go into supermarkets and she's you know loves all the smells and mm-hmm. the bright colors and, and there's so like much that. stimulation that comes with food that i'm sure for her is just oh, magnificent absolutely yeah. and so that's our world 
it's a way I feel that we have um, engaged her in our world. Yeah, that makes and sense. And it's a way that it's brought us together. Definitely. So, you I know, food to us is more than sustenance. It's love. Oh, same. I love those answers. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being such a wonderful guest on the show. Just so everyone knows, and you can say it also, you were so nervous in the <laughs> cutest way though. This is your first podcast. Tell everyone your goal of 2020. To be brave enough to put myself out there. And you're putting your shit out there and I fucking I really love am. it. Like this feels so surreal. I'm like, so proud of you. Yeah. You did such a good job. Can you feel how sweet my hands are right yes, now? But Cameron's you- holding my <laughs> hand and I think she's actually trying to pry the microphone no, out of I'm my hand. Not. <laughs> I'm so I grateful for husband. you. Thank They're you. not even that's what I swear. Okay. okay. I'm so grateful for you, our new friendship, and for being on here. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.